The Weezer Bracket is brought to you by The Magic Hour. Now, you may be wondering, wait, didn't this show go off uh, the air 25 years ago? 20. 20. Okay, still. How do they still have an advertising budget, and why do they think that listeners of The Weezer Bracket would be their primary audience? Well, I don't know either, but they paid for the ad, so. The Magic Hour was the best show on TV, (laughs) and the fact that it's never been brought back fucking sucks i mean don't you think he's been a little bit busy you know running all those businesses the dodgers the lakers i know but i think that his real his real pride is in the magic hour and if he could just drop it all and bring it back he would immediately (laughs) he's just like some days he's closing a million dollar deal he's like fuck i wish i I I could go brag about this on my late night talk show i wish i was hanging with sheila e right now (laughs) what is she up to i don't know do you remember? Uh, do you remember how there was the Craig Schumacher, the, like the stand-up comedian who did like the um, the opening monologue for him originally? Oh God, I I, I did not watch the, the Magic Hour. As I was eleven year. years old, and I think I watched the majority of the Magic Hour, at least the, like the first few weeks. Who was the comedian they brought in to like be his sidekick? That was Craig Schumacher originally. Yeah, but there was another one. That, I forget. No, because Craig Schumacher was like the warm-up guy. Yeah, no, but he was on the show. They like brought, the first, oh, it was Tommy Davidson. Yeah, but like the first episode, like Craig like Schumacher was, they brought him out and he was doing like jokes and like the magic, like, you bad. <laughs> <laughs> like no. he, he'd make a joke about like Madonna and magic. Like, now I can't have her on the show. <laughs> no, but they brought in Tommy Davidson to like sit with him during all the interviews and just like crack jokes and it was super awkward. Like not that look, let's be honest, Magic Johnson's not the, not exactly uh Charlie Rose in terms of interviews. No. But but adding like Yuck Monkey Tommy Davidson didn't help things either. Well, the problem is they were constantly retooling it. Like every three episodes, they were changing the format because they knew it wasn't working. I mean, it lasted longer than you think it would. How long did it last? Four months. Yeah, that's about. How long did Chevy Chase's show? Five weeks. I love that you knew that question was coming. I think like uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's is the last is like. Two oh, episodes. Fuck, I forgot yeah. that he had that. That one lasted like there's like I think that was the one that lasted two episodes. Jeez, late yeah. night's very hard. Yeah, somebody needs to get the Weezer bracket on late night TV. Let's do it. I want to be on. Uh, well, I guess Jesus and Marrow isn't on right now. So Viceland's got a slot open. Yeah, I don't want our own show. I just want to go on on some shows right now. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. We are going to start the second round. Um, yeah, so if you want to hear us talk about some songs we've already talked about, your ship has come in, baby. Yeah. Dive deeper into some of these awesome songs. Yeah. Um, but let's actually do another deep dive first. Okay. We've been meaning to talk about this. There's this YouTube video that's a conspiracy theory that Kurt Cobain has faked his death and reemerged as our own beloved Rivers Cuomo. I know, Andrew, you believe this 100%. 
have you actually read have you actually read up on this like i i haven't read i've watched that video and it's just one of those things well no, number one the guy who does it keeps mispronouncing cobain which gives him all the credibility he's in the basically world. reported on uh reddit like um sub reddit basically reddit which is always right i mean remember when they caught the boston bombers so i've read up on it and it is stupid my favorite, like my favorite reason that they believe this is because Rivers would keep those like notebooks full of details on Nirvana songs, which makes no sense. Why would keep Kurt, Why would Kurt Cobain have like detailed notes trying to break down his own songs? He does, but you, like you why would buy them? But why would he, he do publish that? them? But why would he do it again as Rivers Cuomo? <laughs> An actor's greatest thing is to get deep inside the character. <laughs> why would he be a character? Why would he be a character he, obsessed with himself? That throws people off the trail. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> also, I love about these conspir- conspiracy theories. It's always just so easy to fake your own death and, like, no problems because of it. Why would Kurt Cobain fake his own death and then, who's he was clearly, like, celebrity shy, would emerge again as another, like, rock celebrity? I just love that it's like, hmm, I'm going to fake my own death and then just live a public life and nothing will will come of it. Like, oh, I'm traveling on an airplane at any time. Yep, here is my assumed identity. You know, hey, I'm getting legally married. Hmm, yep, that checks out fine. Hey, I'm getting a driver's license. I'm enrolling in college. Yep, okay. No one ever, like, blinks an eye. Huh, you said it's Rivers Cuomo, but it's Kurt Cobain. <laughs> That's what, Oh, it's just a different spelling from back in the old country. Okay, interesting. Apparently, like, another, like, reason that some people believe this is because they have similar noses. No. And no. similar ears. I, I liked all those photos of them side by side, and it's like, no. They look nothing alike. <laughs> they look nothing alike. So I think like Kurt Cobain has a solid like three to four inches on Rivers Cuomo. I, I mean, I don't know about that department. But. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid, but it gives us something else to talk about. <laughs> I was going to maybe drop this later in the podcast during like the December segment because there's God knows what we're going to talk about in December. Oh, God. I know. I was like, let me look at the matchups. Okay, okay. Oh, damn it. December. Andrew. Off the top of your head, can you remember how December goes? Only love. Oh yeah, it's that one. I was listening earlier today for the for research. If you didn't do that, could you have done that off the top of your head? Absolutely not. No, I actually wrote down the lyrics on here so I could just break them up, so we have something to talk about. <laughs> oh, maybe our plan's falling apart. All right, let's uh, let's try and do it though. Fuck it, we're here. Second bracket, round one, holiday. Off of Weezer, the blue album. Versus Beverly Hills. Off of Make Believe. Look at all those movies. 
movie stars, they're all so beautiful and clean. When the house meets rub the floors, they get the spaces in between. I wanna live a life like that. I wanna be just like a king. Take my picture by the pool. Cause I'm the next big thing in Beverly Hills. You know, when we put two blues songs against each other, it was pretty funny. It really was. Uh, I, I, kudos to us. Um, and then we knew that whatever it would advance to would just be steamrolled in the next round. Yeah, this is, seems even more unfair than we could ever imagine. We didn't think that it would go up against fucking Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was going to be like an easy, easy pass for, I don't know, like Time Flies or some stupid thing like that. Um but no, it goes up against Beverly Hills. You know what's the funny thing is, though? Beverly Hills, a much bigger hit than Holiday. Well, Holiday wasn't a single, so it, there's no chance it here. Have you, have you ever like read about like exactly how successful Beverly Hills was? It's absurd. Yeah. I looked it up today. Mm-hmm. The song topped the Billboard Modern Rock track chart for one week, spending months near the top of the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 10. Jeez. And being certified gold on June 6, 2005. As of January 2006, the digital single has been purchased over 962,000 times on iTunes. Wow. It also did very well on other Billboard charts, such as the Adult Top 40, number 8. Hold on, wait. It doesn't belong on there. It's not sexually explicit in the slightest. The Hot Digital Number Songs, number 1 peak... And mainstream rock tracks, number 26. I think Rivers would be okay with it. Do you think the fans at the time, I didn't pay attention to this at the time. Do you think they object to Weezer being called mainstream? No. I, I, you know, they always started as like an alt band, but now I think they've Wait, been, Weezer have been mainstream. Almost they've a, been absorbed. They, I guess since they, Island in the Sun. They've been mainstream especially. since like the Buddy Holly music video in some ways. Yeah, that's true. The song also made the top 10 on the UK singles charts, peaking at number nine and remaining on the chart for five more weeks. I mean, the UK charts are just don't even pay attention to them. One of the UK's top five biggest singles of all time is the Bob the Builder, We Can Build It song. That song fucks. (laughs) No doubt, but still, I mean, it's like one of their top of all time. Mr. Brightside has never been off the charts. The Catch-Up song is one of their biggest songs of all time. So here's the most insane. Hold on. There's like, on their top 100, there's like 83 Cliff Richard songs. So this was also the first Grammy nomination for the band. What? Yeah, it was nominated for Best Rock Song. That's so, wow. That's hard to believe. They didn't even get a token. Wow. Yeah, you would think like Island is song where they got one. Yeah. Or Hashpipe, but nope. Or like they you think they would have gotten like one of those like weird ones, you know how like Barack Obama has like 17 Grammys? <laughs> yeah, but those are all for like book on, books on tape. But that, but like there's all these like weird categories and there's all these like super subcategories that no one if you sell 25 units you're just dominating. So also apparently and this is what I read today. This is a fact that I read. The song was the top-selling digital download of 2005, according to the Nielsen Sound Scan. What? What? That's what I read. 
Hold on, we have to look up the singles in 2005. Yeah, maybe our fans will correct us, but this is something I found today. Our fans seem to really want us want to correct us when it's matters concerning ska for some reason. We do not want to offend our uh, ska fan base. Okay, here we go. Billboard Hot 100. Okay, digital download. This is digital. I know, but I'm saying I'm just saying like whatever because Weezer ha- still had a younger fan base that was willing to adopt iTunes and digital single sales. Yeah, but I'm just saying where that compared to the general landscape of music at the time. Number one song of 2005 was We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Okay. I actually don't remember that song at all. We belong together. I don't think it's that, was, helping. That, was, that was not a good representation <laughs> of that song, but I remember that song. I like a, a lot of Mariah Carey songs. I don't remember that. Number two, you absolutely know. Uh, we've discussed it. Hollaback Girl. Of course. Phenomenal record. Let Me Love You by Mario. Then Since You've Been Gone. By Kelly Clarkson? Yes. One Two Step, Ciara, Gold Digger, uh, and then a probable Rivers favorite, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Any Coldplay on there? Uh, no. But here's the thing: like, it's like X, uh, X and Y came out that year. Like, Fix You came but out. But that's not like a big single. Uh, Fix You didn't come on until later, though. It was like their second single. But it was but I'm saying like the popularity it was released as their second single. God, I can't believe I'm even saying this. But that one took a long time. You know, sometimes singles need a long lead before they really catch on. It wasn't until it was used in the newsroom that it really took off. That, become the most yeah. popular song of all time. That and that shitty movie where the old people sing songs and everyone pretended to cry but Duets? was really bored. No, no. That that counts too. Um it was some documentary. I screened it at South by and it's finished with this old man singing they, fixed you they they used it in an episode of blackish this season and everyone was just like oh this is the most movie moving film i've ever seen and i'm like that was boring as shit 2005 i would have imagined the biggest selling digital single was a 50 cent record uh in the club uh that's actually 2004 but this would be like candy shop okay it's really hard to understate how big 50 cent was at that time like what a grip he had on here he has a number i think he's the name that comes up most besides like mariah he's got how we do hate it or love it disco inferno which i actually don't recall at all is 2005 also like heartbreaker mariah carey um, you know heartbreaker you is that or that is that earlier heartbreaker Love taker. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do you remember a music video for this one? They had like Jerry O'Connell and it had like the two Mariahs fighting over like Jerry O'Connell. Oh, <laughs> Jerry O'Connell, man. Um, I man, uh, Shake It Off by Mariah Carey. Don't remember that. Don't remember that one. There's a lot of these songs. There's a Rob Thomas, Love Lonely No More. Man, it is amazing. Where well, did Smooth come out? Um. I want to say like 98, 99? No. was like 2003. Uh, 99. Really? Yeah. It never left the culture. Of all the songs to come back and become a meme, like I get like Africa coming back and becoming a meme because like it's like a solid song. Smooth is just like such a bizarre. I mean, it was a bizarre. It was so bizarre that that was a hit at the time. Such a big hit. Matchbox 20 was huge. Somehow, yeah. I guess it actually makes more sense in 99, because like, I would say 98 was the peak of when Matchbox 20 was popular. Oh, 100%, yeah. Oh, Holiday's on here. 
Which is holiday? Green Day's holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Roach. Man, anytime you just look up an uh, old chart, it's amazing how songs can be so big and then just instantly disappear. Hey, speaking about holiday, since that's actually also a song in this matchup, do you re- did you realize there's like a Kerouac reference in the lyrics? No, I've not actually never read any Kerouac. It's not actually a reference. It's that he actually says Kerouac in it. In the holiday? Yeah. He rhymes. This is like at the end of the song where you can't kind of, where the um, lyrics are a little inaudible. Mm-hmm. During like the the um, doo wop section where he's uh, where he plays them against that you know breakdown, mm-hmm. he rhymes Kerouac with, a biv- with bivouac. With what? Bivouac. Bivouac. It's like a temporary uh, camp without uh, a tent or a cover. Never heard that before. Yeah, it was uh, used especially by soldiers or mountaineers. Rivers was getting some use out of his rhyming dictionary, wasn't he? <laughs> he was like, around the time. <laughs> You never read any, like, you never read On the Road? No. Not even like when you were 18 and it was like a cliche to re- re- read On the Road? Mm-mm. I okay. never read Catcher in the Rye because I didn't want to become a serial killer. Did you read any books? Fuck books. I read one book. What book? The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, who the fuck is the Click Five? They're on this list with just the girl. What the fuck? Anyhow, has, uh, have you seen Beverly Hills on that list? Oh, yeah. I guess I should I forgot what we were doing here. Yes. Um, 20 um, below Pawn the Replay by Rihanna okay which sense. is what a what a start to a career that was yeah. below How We Do The Game and 50 Cent above O by Ciara and Ludacris and Lonely No More Rob Thomas and then right below that is a song that held up incredibly well Drop It Like It's Hot Has, uh, do you think Beverly Hills has held up? I think about it the same way as I did then. <laughs> so I found some, I was doing some research, and do you want to know the inspiration for uh, Beverly Hills? Sure. So Rivers said, I was at the opening of the new Hollywood Bowl, and I flipped through the program, and I saw a picture of Wilson Phillips. And for some reason, I just thought about how nice it would be to marry like an established celebrity and live in Beverly Hills and be part of the world. And it was a totally sincere desire. And I wrote the song, Beverly Hills, for some reason, by the time it came out and the video came out, it got twisted around into something that seemed sarc- seemed sarcastic. But originally, it was meant to not to be sarcastic at all. I wonder what celebrity he was thinking of marrying. Perhaps Sherry Appleby. <laughs> Sherry Appleby would not be uh, able to afford. Season. She would not be able to afford a house in Beverly Hills at the time. I don't think she was able to afford a house at the time. <laughs> this is like around post uh, swim fan. Once you get that swim fan man Dude, money, swim fan money, I would I would love that swim fan money. Swim fan, please allow us to record a commentary and reissue the DVD. Dude, I bet Jesse Bradford's still swimming in that swim fan money. <laughs> He's got like an Uncle Scrooge vault that he swims in that <laughs> swim fan money in. <laughs> I want, yeah, what what celebrity crush would Rivers have? I have no idea. I don't even think he was thinking about marriage. Yeah, I, I mean, he said that literally, but it, I think he was thinking about growing up in like. Rich families like that, too. He's just thinking about putting out for money. Yeah. <laughs> it's the spiritual sequel to Hashpipe. Uh, this goes back to one, something we've talked about a lot before, though, and people thinking he's being ironic or being satirical with his lyrics. Yeah, and for someone who basically generated the look of, well, guys like us who live in irony and don't know how to be serious, he doesn't have any of that. No, never. Good on him. He's missing out. He hasn't seen Gotti, I'm sure. 
I don't think I would love. No, I can't even imagine River's review of Gotti. <laughs> It'd be boring. Yeah, I don't think he'd stick around. He couldn't make it. He'd probably get to the scene, the, the uh, <laughs> scene where he gets out for, on furlough to go to the dentist, set the shaft theme. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best scenes of this year. Guys, if you haven't seen Gotti yet, I, I 100% recommend it. I know it's probably hard now. There are just like a couple AMC theaters out there playing it, but it is 100% just worth it. It is, it's a stone cold masterpiece. I don't regret seeing it at all. No. Kevin Connolly is the new American voice. He, I don't know why Marvel isn't chasing him. I don't know why. Like, maybe like this is what DC should be doing. They should just be offering him the keys to the kingdom. He could fix it all. I can't think of a movie that wouldn't I, be improved by Kevin. The only problem is like with, with like with those kind of uh, cases. I don't want his like artistic voice to be temp- tampered with. I want him to be making Kevin Connolly movies. Joints. They're called joints. <laughs> to be fair, I've seen the opening of Gotti a few times, and it, it, <laughs> and it be, says a Kevin Connolly film. It does say that. <laughs> right before you pan down to Gotti in front of the New York skyline, <laughs> he says, listen to me. New York City is the greatest fucking city in the world. <laughs> I was born here. Born in the gutter. And you either die in prison, you know, you either go to prison or you die. I did both. <laughs> Two accomplishments to be really proud of. I don't know what Rivers Cuomo would think of Gotti. Probably wouldn't <laughs> love it. To continue on this. He probably wouldn't go see it twice in a week like I did. <laughs> I think you may be the only one. I did. I saw it twice in theaters. You paid money the second time because yeah. Movie Pass is tyrannical policy that you can only see a movie once. I think this all works into the podcast because if you're making movies like Gotti, you're going to be living in Beverly Hills. I mean, like, that is He that, doesn't. No, he doesn't? He, he's, in, he, he's in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, Kevin, oh, yeah, you know where he lives. Yeah, yeah I sent you that, that address. Yeah. You think he took a nice holiday after he, saw, after he finished Gotti? <laughs> no, because everything involved in that movie seems to be complete turmoil. Did you see the picture I just uh, retweeted? No. Of like John Travolta taking him off his planes and just wrote the Gotti tour on it. Yeah. <laughs> Life's insane. Man, it really is. Um, I hope someday we can make a movie half as good as Gotti. Anyhow, do you have anything to say on like on Holiday that we might have skipped the last time? Uh, no. It's a good song. It's a good song. And I never, you know, I was the one that put it up. And it was kind of, it's kind of like this match is about not going to lend itself to much conversation pitting these two against each other because obviously the blues song was going to. It's going to. Yeah, it's not going any farther. I was surprised how many people close to me were real big fans of Holiday, as in it's one of their favorite tracks off the record. I think that you don't like it because the doo-wop sort of sound and like the yeah. like, and the harmonies. Yeah, and my complaints are so minor. I still think overall it's those are very things, enjoyable. Those are song. things that seem to constantly like get on your like. I know. I know. Get your goat. <laughs> yeah, and I I fully recognize this is a me thing. We all have our things. There are things that drive you up the wall. Yeah, I've been listening to uh, a lot of ELL recently. Yeah, and one of my favorite ELL songs is this "Telephone Line." Do you not know the telephone line? I, I man, I don't know. Okay, this is the way I can. This is a film reference. This is one of my favorite uses yellow in a movie. Do you know in uh, Billy Madison where he's like trying to make amends, so he calls Steve Buscemi and like like basically apologizes for tormenting him in high school. You ready for this? Yeah. 
I've never seen Billy Madison. You never seen Billy Madison? No. It's a great movie. My mom hated Adam Sandler, so we never got to watch him. You would love Billy Madison if you got to see it at the appropriate age. You'd still think it's probably pretty funny, but... Uh, I'd like it now because it's basically the life of a uh, famous rapper Takeshi Six Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like my complaints about it are, are very minor. It's my least favorite. It's not a song that if it comes up on a shuffle, I'm not, I'm not going. Oh, I gotta hit skip right now. Why is this still in my library? Which I don't know about you. Uh, there are so many songs that I fucking hate in all my libraries. <laughs> I remember when I was I was telling you like I was like oh, God damn it, Beverly Hills just came up, up on my like shuffle and you're like why would you have Beverly Hills on your shuffle? And I was like well we know now because we're doing this fucking project. <laughs> you were planning way <laughs> years ago. Anyhow, uh, you want to move on since I think this is an easy one. Yeah, I vote holiday. It's terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Beverly Hills is bad. And it's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. It's we we're going to have to talk about it again. So if you really uh, want to hate on it, listen to our last episode about it, and or wait for our next one. All right, let's move on. All right. Next up, keep fishing off of Maladroit. Versus in the mall off of Ratitude. Man, what a fucking powerhouse matchup. This is like the opposite of the la- uh, the last one. The last one was like when Mike Tyson came back and then he beat up this guy who was like completely out of shape for his first match. This is two heavy hitters right here. Dude, the thing is though, I we, I got more comments about why like Keep Fishing is in the the bracket than a few other songs. Yeah, like people were really upset by this one. Yeah. They're wrong, of course. <laughs> we are the experts here. <laughs> We're the bracketologists. Come on. So I think we, I saw you doing a little research and you found something out interesting about Keep Fishing. <sighs> I can't believe we didn't touch on this the first time. Okay. Most of our Keep Fishing complaints were a lot was about the Muppets imagery and all that. Yeah. Do you know that wasn't the first choice for a video? forget what the first choice was but what is it you uh no if you knew this you wouldn't forget it okay it was not going to have the muppets it was going to be directed by 2002's hottest director kevin smith oh my god what a fucking disaster that would be 
what, what what was the idea? Don't know what the concept. Just know that they were in talks, and something was going to happen. Didn't happen for whatever reason. Oh my god! I don't think I could have been a Weezer fan. I mean, actually, that's that's incredibly untrue. I used to be a huge Kevin Smith fan when I was like fifteen and starting to get into the Weezer. So much so that I really love that the fact that he used Susanna as the end of, at the end of uh, Mallrats. I mean, get paid, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was a nice way for that song to come out, just to get it some some attention, uh, get Weezer some money. I have to roll back some of my comments about the Africa cover. Yeah. Because you know what? It's getting them paid, and like they haven't had a single in a while. Did you see that they released a vinyl version of it? Yeah, I saw that, and of course, it's that Urban Outfit. Oh yeah, it sold out. Of course, you know, but good on them. You know, they've been they've been uh, struggling a little bit for the last decade. Give them some money. Definitely. You know, Weezer deserves money. What do you think this Kevin Smith music video would have been? I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the uh, music video he did for "But I Got High"? Uh yeah, it was just like them. It was just it was just, just like was it Jay and Silent Bob hanging out with uh with Afro Man? Yeah, um yeah, the same thing, but with Weezer. I mean, it's be kind of like the the uh, segments of that Drake video where that where Jay and Silent Bob are just hanging out and doing their usual garbage. You oh, know, God, I don't think he had an idea around that time that wasn't. Hey, put Jay and Silent Bob in here. It was this 2002, which is the year I think Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back comes out. Yes. Or that's 2001, maybe. I, One of those. It was 2001. I'm not looking that up. I know it's 2001. It was pre-9-11. <laughs> I believe that's why he decided to give up Jay and Silent Bob. He's like, people won't find Jay and Silent Bob funny after 9-11. <laughs> that's not true, but... <laughs> He's like they need they need a serious Smith venture. They need Jersey Girl. Oh my god. He's just like, that, no, that, we need to focus on the real heroes. Single dads. So I, I can't imagine what his music video would have been. Gonna- so Kevin Smith put this in his book, Shooting the Shit with Ke- God damn this fucking guy. Um <laughs> Shooting the Shit with Kevin Smith, the best of the Smodcast. I mean, ugh. anyways, here's his, his video treatment for Keep Fishing. Here's what he says. Weezer asked me about doing a video, and I came back with a proposal that was all dialogue-oriented. Because, of course, he did. So, Pat, can you say Snoochie Boochies right yeah. here? And the song would play in the background on a little jukebox in a diner. He, uh, he apparently never heard back from them about this. I wonder why. When I saw the Muppet video, I thought, oh, they wanted something good. I was giving them something me. Which, number one, let's just break that down. That's amazing that he fully recognizes he's not good. He always does the self-deprecating shit. Yeah, I know. It, it, it always pisses me off. It's just always, it, he uses it as an excuse. It's his big fucking shield. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, instead of actually like becoming... like trying to improve on himself he just always like lays down in the fucking road why are you beating up on this special ed kid cop out it's like make a competent movie jackass so i'm looking at the- i'm not the guy you want for a video so i just i don't it- think visually he says there you go so i just looked it up he does get a thank you in the uh liner notes of the album thanks for uh, making sure that we didn't do a Along video with, with you uh, jackass jason schwartzman tenacious d ozma jimmy world i wonder what schwartzman did I don't know. Oh, he was just a fan. He probably, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure he was like just around the scene at the time. Yeah. 
Did you ever hear the story about like apparently the first when he first auditioned uh, Rushmore? Oh, he like the the first time he met like Wes Anderson, they like really bonded over talking about Pinkerton. That makes sense that both those guys yeah. would be super into it. Yeah. Thanks for, for perpetuating the stereotype, guys. That's how they broke the ice Like the first time they met. Was, they just talked about Pinkerton. They should get him to play drums on the song. <laughs> I would you totally do it. Did I ever tell you my dad ripped me out of the theater while watching James Mount? <laughs> what? I was like 14. I convinced him to take me to go see it. <laughs> I was, and he got so mad in like the first half hour and he ripped me out he's like that was foul well, we had watched so much shit at that point like we had seen like the Sopranos together and everything but he was he was in a bad mood and like he like, wanted to drop me off at the theater and just like have me watch it but they're like no you had to watch it with him so he was in a pissy mood because of that <laughs> we got in, like a huge fight about it <laughs> like what joke was like they cross the line. Was I remember it? exactly what joke it was. Oh. It was when they are uh, they were um, when they're hitchhiking, hitchhiking, and basically the roadhead scene. That was it. That was exactly what I was going to get. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they were going to go down on Carrie Fisher, right? That was yeah. Uh, God, that was it. You know, I was really mad at my dad for ripping me out of Jane on the Bob Strike Back, but in retrospect. He was doing you a favor. He was really doing me a favor. He was trying to tell me, no, this is bad. But Kevin Smith is bad, son. And you should not like this. Anyhow, Dad, I respect you, and I totally agree with you at this point. And um, I'm sorry we got in a huge fight over this. I'm sure he'll appreciate this, especially since you have still not told him that you have a podcast. No, I told him. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't told my parents. Yeah, I've told my, my, my mom's listened to it, and she tried to show it. I had to explain to him what a podcast was, Yeah, but he knows. Okay. I remember when I was like 15, and my dad's like, who's this band you like, Weezer? And I tried to play it. He's like, okay. It wasn't really his thing. Yeah. Who's, who's he into? My dad likes up. The I, Eagles? No. Eh, he likes the Eagles, but he's Springsteen and Dylan. And oh, okay. Springsteen and Dylan are his two big, big ones. He likes everything from the seventies, basically. Yeah, he was a huge like mu- music nerd. And then it kind of like I would say about eighty three, his it just he quits giving a shit unless there's some there are like albums from bands he liked, you know, like growing up. But like he's not gonna he, he wasn't taking in new stuff after that. He he's just like music has peaked with Thriller, son. <laughs> it's never gonna get any better. He started his own business at that point and started like running things, and he just didn't have time. In college, he smoked a lot of weed and lo- just bought records. My dad, he had a, he had his, he still has an extensive like album collection from that around that time. I stole a lot of them. I didn't steal; he gave them to me, obviously. Right. I, I, I took a, I, and he had some really crazy stuff, like stuff you I would like a lot of Zappa and a lot of like ELO and um, a lot of good stuff, like a lot of really solid stuff. I, I, I have a copy of uh, Lou Reed's Berlin. That's his. That, oh, sick. Yeah, that I was really shocked he owned. He had a lot of Lou Reed albums. Then his Did sons. Did he purchase these in the mall? <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know what's amazing? Every time I listen to In the Mall, it's two uh, two minutes and 39 seconds, but it feels like it's five hours long. <laughs> it sounds like that, like a Godspeed You Black Emperor song. Ah. Uh. Not like in just in length I'm talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Or it sounds like a fish song. It sounds like a jam band song. It feels like it goes on forever. God. Could you imagine if like Fish covered like a Weezer album on Halloween? I don't want to imagine Fish at all. Jesus, don't do this to me. 
What if they covered Riotude on a Halloween for one of their Halloween concerts? Wait, what is so special about a Fish Halloween concert? They always cover an album back to front. Generally, that's something they do on Halloween. Oh my god, these fucking guys! You don't like Fish? Like what? What albums have they covered? Uh, I think like Dark Side of the Moon. Ugh. You know the usuals. Yeah, they should cover a weird album. <laughs> Album. They should cover Ratitude. They should cover it in the mall. Imagine fish covering in the mall. Oh my god! So apparently, um, the mall in in the mall is actually based on Pat Wilson's you know upbringing. So the mall being referenced in the song is in the uh, Eastern Hills Mall. It's in uh, Williamsville, New York. Do you think anyone's gone on a pilgrimage to the mall? I don't think so. It's apparently it's a suburb of Buffalo. And I don't think anyone's oh, been. Jesus, yeah. Well, that's a special mall. It's got an escalator <laughs> and a food court. So if you, you know, if you ever see a uh, a mall in a movie or TV and it has an escalator and a food court, that's the one. Can I make you hate this song even more? I'm not sure that's possible, but let's go. So the guitar solo that Wilson plays in the song? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> so it makes musical re- reference to a, a solo from Rush's Tom Sawyer? Well, there's plenty of good reasons why I didn't fucking recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> see, apparently, Pat Wilson's a huge uh, Rush fan. That makes That's, total n- sense. doesn't shock me at one. But no. Do you think Rivers is a Rush fan? Yes. Yeah. Apparently, like, because the, there's been a real negative reaction to this song from the fans. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's been, uh, you know, a lot of criticism for its lyrical content and whatnot. Yeah. And apparently, like, Pat gets defensive, and he's like, well, it shouldn't have been a Weezer song. But you made it a Weezer song. Because here's, a, you- here's a quote. It was a mistake to have it on a Weezer album and to have Rivers sing it. Maybe someday there will be a version that makes more sense. You said that these are, this was a heavy hitter. I don't think Keep Fishing It in the Mall or any way worth. I think. I, th- in- I, I mean, our ire towards Keep Fishing is perhaps a lot more than other people's. Yeah. I think maybe people like it now because you owe them seven grand worth of Blu-rays <laughs> of Gone Fishing. That's true. <laughs> you tried to make an Alta Sea reference last weekend. Yeah, I did. Um, there were plenty of uh, old men in bodies of water, well, late like 90s say, comedies. Well, Jack Lemmon and Walter Malfa had Alta Sea and they had The Odd Couple too, which was on a, like a cruise boat. So I think... You and I are more negative on keep fishing than most people. Yes, than most people. There's a lot to hate about it. it. The song is clunky. It never congeals. It has this weird time change. It's not. There are parts of it that I think can be really nice, but none of these parts belong together. I think we're also hard on it because it's a single off of a album that we generally like. And it's still early Weezer, so we're probably harder on that those songs than we would be. Well, also, like this was like them pairing with the Muppets is just a naked grass at popularity. I think how pissed off you'd be if they he had they had paired with Kevin Smith right now. Oh man, I don't think you honestly. Um, we might I don't, not. This project wouldn't exist if that video exists. Yeah. So thanks, Kevin, for doing a shitty pitch so that we have a podcast too. <laughs> Um, but but in the mall is just a in the mall is just a fucking atrocious and it's just like guess what all those parts do go together but those are all bad parts <laughs> especially now that I know that the bridge is rush inspired 
uh, just takes this, this my ire towards this song to a new level. So, uh, in the mall, congratulations. You win. Round three. December. Off of Maladroit. Versus Hash Pipe. Off of Weezer, the Green Album. You know, this is an interesting matchup. I'll tell you why. Okay. I would say, unquestionably, Hashpipe is one of the most memorable Weezer songs for a multiny of yeah, reasons. Everyone knows Hashpipe. December may be their most forgettable. Yes, off off the albums, it might be their most forgettable. Okay. Well, yeah, we're we're going with the canon here. Like, yeah. Oh, like there's there's this one thing that Rivers recorded as a voicemail. Yeah, no one's going to remember that. Although there is a voicemail that everyone remembers. What? John Tesh's Round Ball Rock. You ever <laughs> see that video? Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that video is fucking incredible because it also like you're not expected for G. E. Smith to show up out of nowhere. I've heard him tell that story because I I, I uh, PA'd on a John Tesh PBS concert. What? I've told you this story before. It was like me and Joaquin. Like Joaquin was an office assistant, basically for a production company. He got me this job, PA, and for just day playing the PA, and for one day, I got like pretty good money for one day PA work on this John Tesh PBS concert. It was really interesting because we had to like part of it was there were actually like PBS members who were all like old as shit who showed up for the concert in the crowd, and then they would they hired a bunch of actors who were younger because they wanted young people in the audience when they would cut to it. And my, one of my jobs was I had to guide traffic and make sure they all parked their cars correctly. <laughs> PA work, baby. And then I just remember at the end of the day when he's doing that, he's doing Rambo Rock at the end, he's, it starts playing, and I can hear it through the... I'm in the office, and I, I just see Joaquin, like our friend Joaquin, who was... A, who, was who has appeared on the show. So, just leaps out of his seat <laughs> to go watch it because he gets so excited. <laughs> that song rules. I wish uh, NBC would get... Uh nba back so they could use it because well yeah i remember the story is that it came to him like in the middle of the night right or something like that so he was he, in berlin and, and he, he, he thought he'd forget it so he yeah. calls his messaging machine and leaves and like basically hums it on his answering machine but what's best is like at this round rock thing he presents he's like this is the actual voicemail machine the, the, um, it's not even voicemail answering machine like this is the real tape he's acting like it's going to be worth like a bunch of money John Tesh tried to sue me once. Well, I've worked with John Tesh, and John Tesh has sued you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, you know, he didn't. He just kept threatening. He kept posting under hashtag Tesh tips. And so I found that they didn't actually register at Tesh tips. And so I, I did. And I just took them and I made them just say horrible things. 
I thought it was pretty funny. It, it was one of those things you do on Twitter that never catches on. Yeah. And uh, they were real upset because I also just took the picture he had on his. And, like, people would write to me. They're like, John, thank you so much for this. I remember this. But, like, it's good to see. I love listening to your show with my family. It's good Christian programming, whatever. And meanwhile, I'm saying stuff, like, about hitting dogs and shit like that. Just what zany shit, whatever. And they got my account suspended. And then they're like, you can't use this image and you have to say it's a parody or whatever. And so I changed the bio and then I photoshopped Lil Wayne's tattoos from the Carter three onto his face. And then they unsuspended me. And then it's like, they started emailing me all these like DMCAs and they're like this. And they're like, you know, we're going to get lawyers involved and stuff like that. And I just like, and then Twitter's like, what do you got to say to this? And I'm just like, yeah, uh, Putting Lil Wayne's tattoos on John Tesh's face is basically the definition of parody. And they're like, you're right. We should do the John Tesh bracket. Don't really think that's going to light people up. <laughs> uh, I, people aren't going to have like their favorites. Like, I can't believe they knocked. I can't even name a second I think there Tom might be song. people who would. They're just an older yeah, they don't, they, demographic, and they might not be the podcast. They, I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, December. Yeah, December. How the fuck did we get on to John Tesh? I don't know. I don't even remember. <laughs> um, December is very... You know, here's the thing about December for me. I, I really don't like all of Weezer's kind of droning songs. Yeah. Where it's kind of like they turn the reverb up on their amps and they, they hit a chord and this kind of let that just go on through the entire song. God, there's nothing to say about this fucking song. He, this is him just trying to make an old Beach Boys record. And, uh, you know, he's good at making Weezer records, not Beach Boys records. Um, even the actual song Beach Boys is better than this. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's a song that is there and then it's not there. Can we like, look at these lyrics to see if we can figure out if this song's about anything? Sure. Can I read them to you? Please do. Only love can ease the pain of a boy caught in the rain. Makes enough sense. Only hope will re- remember burning flame in December. <sighs> I mean, I don't know where you're from, but uh, I don't. where I'm from, you can... Fires happen all year round. I will say, where I'm from, burning flame is not the image you think... I guess you think of burning flame because it's you cold st- and there are starting fires, a fire. starting a fire. Only faith can bring to life one that falls by the wayside. Only trust can inspire soggy lungs to breathe fire. He's really proud of that soggy... Soggy lungs, yeah. Yeah. You can tell he's he's super into that lyric. Didn't he say it on Genius? I think I saw that. I don't think you're... I'll cut this out, but I think there are no annotations on Genius. This is a song that just... There's nothing. Yeah, there's no... uh, Annotations. No annotations. It's only natural. The moon is just half full. We give our best away. We give our best away. Only love. I d- so, d- you know what? I think basically he found like a poetry book from when he was 13. He's like, hey, I can turn this into a song. This is this is the shit you write in like your like journal when you're tw- 13, 14 yeah. years old. Yeah. This is- or you have like, you have those assignments where they're like, hey, everyone's going to write poetry now. It's, it's like... like it really doesn't mean anything. You're speaking just general gibberish, kind of 
sort of platitudes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not platitudes, but like kind of just like generalities. Generalities. Which this is definitely rhyme. a love song that was written about nobody. Yeah. I mean, it's not even that much of a love song. He's like, love's pretty good, ain't it, fellas? Huh? <laughs> huh? I mean, in some ways, it kind of reads like that first scene in 40 Year Old Virgin. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh man, I love to do sex. It's great. The thing is, it's inoffensive. Like, yeah, it's an inoffensive song. There, it just doesn't leave any sort of mark. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the fact that we could, we had before we did the bracket, we're like, we're sitting. It's like, wait, what is December? What album is this on? What What is this song? Now I always remember as I will always remember. It is the last song <laughs> off of Maladroit. This is how he chose to go out on. I mean, he he's trying for that smooth landing again. You know, and you know, like a plane, you know, you've had landings where they bump up and down. You remember those forever. Yeah. Every landing where it's like, yep, and we landed and we parked the car. And this is one good. that you slept through. <laughs> you like, you wake up and you're like, oh, we're here. Hey. Hey, we're boarding. Hey, we're getting off. The, we're getting off. Hey, awesome. Great. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. We're already docking at the gate. Yeah. Fantastic. And then there's Hashpipe, which everyone knows. Everybody knows. I mean, let's be honest, has many more redeeming factors to, the, to it than December. Oh, of course it does. But at the same time, there's something that just nails at me sometimes. It just digs at me. Honestly, Hashpipe is perhaps maybe the best argument that songs from the black hole wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Because this is really the only song I can think of of his where he is trying to inhabit a character. Um, he doesn't do it that well. You know, some songwriters are able to do that well if he's trying to like inhabit a character he, he doesn't seem to have any sort of understanding of the character he's trying to inhabit <laughs> no and it, it just gets almost it gets weird because of it uh yeah and it feels very inauthentic when he's trying to yeah. do this because he's always been so personal and the fact that he's like okay i'm going to do this character and it's like okay fine rivers try characters that's fine let's start Let's take baby steps first. Just another dude who's not you, who has stable relationships, you know, like whatever. Just another guy who's very similar to you, not you, but similar. And then get a little further, and then get a little further. No, he's like, no, crank this up to expert mode. All right. This trans person, trans prostitute uh, doing their thing. Hold on, let me keep it a little bit based. I know a thing or two about Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, this also had to be a, do you think he made this decision to do this because of the, um, the, the tequila and the, it was uh, Adderall? Yeah. It almost feels like he watched a De Palma film too or something like that. Maybe he watched a documentary and just was like, I have no clue. Sleepaway camp maybe? I don't know. I, I have I, I can never imagine him watching movies and being inspired by watching a movie. No, I mean, he really says, he's like, I'm just not a movie guy, and I believe it. I totally it. believe it. I mean, well, we do know he was supremely inspired by Swim Fan, but... That's true. I feel like Rivers, if he if there's anything he'll watch, he'll like watch like Planet Earth. He's like one of those kind of people. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, he definitely is, because that's what, he's like, we got to do another video for Island in the Sun. It's got to be like Planet Earth, baby. <laughs> this is like a decade before Planet Earth, <laughs> but yes, not quite. Six, yeah. or, six or seven, like six years, five or six years before Planet Earth. Uh, 
Planet was super popular right about the time I went to college because kids would get really high and watch it. I think it had been around for a little bit before that, though. Like a year. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, yeah. It's so weird that this is a song that you'll also hear like in commercials, in like TV promos of all the Weezer songs. Do you think that maybe this like they let this license out for a little less than they should? Well, they needed a hit at the time, and they. It, I mean, no, but I'm saying money. like even now, like you sometimes you will hear them. Use I think it's the riff, and, and like the, the riff definitely. The thing picks. is, the riff is memorable, and like you can use the drive things. You know, it's such a driving riff that I think it, yeah. if you're like you need that sort of energy, you can easily just transplant it to whatever you need. And the oh, come on and kick me is pretty powerful for when you're uh, advertising a Dennis Leary. Series. Yeah, if you hear the if you hear the like chorus outside of the actual context of the song, it doesn't sound like well. It, yeah, it's also hard to get the actual lyrics because he's singing that weird falsetto. And it's hard to like really make out the words to, like the first times. Like uh, if you like you you are trying to when you listen to a Weezer song, you're trying to pay attention. Yeah. Like, someone who's just listening on the radio is like, honestly, it's a song that you also need to read up on to totally know what it's about. I don't think yeah, you, definitely. You, you do not get the what he's singing about unless you do a little research and yeah. like do a little background, which is kind of a fault of the song. A hundred percent, especially for a song like that that's trying to tell a story, like such a complex story. Yeah. I mean, like, Hashproof's a way more interesting song than December, but, like, and honestly, I think I'll end up voting for Hashpipe to move on just because I have more to say on it. I mean, it's also just the song that drives me nuts, too. So, I mean, I, I, I actually have reasons to vote for it. I can't imagine sitting down, ha- not having to research December, and then it's like, oh, there's still nothing here, and just try to find, try to say something about try, trying to mine content from December. I don't think our fans are going to Simber nuts. Um, if you are, sorry. Let's, there, let's, there's also no one who would think that December's like the worst Weezer song. That's true. Yeah. There are people who are like, oh, if Hashpipe doesn't win, da, 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 da. By the way, stop threatening us about what's going to win. It's our fucking bracket. <laughs> All right? Like, you don't make the votes here, pal. Unless we like you enough to call you and help us sway our decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless we have your phone number. In that case, you do help us make a decision. You are our friend, and we appreciate your yeah, opinion thanks, very thanks much. A, you got us out of a couple jams here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hashpipe moving on. All right. Round four. Everybody get dangerous. Off of Weezer, the red album. Versus Back to the Shack. Off of Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Play the drums. Take me back, back to the shack, back to the strap with the lightning strap. Kick in the door, more hardcore. Rocking it out like it's 94. Let's turn up the radio. Turn off those stupid singing shows. I know where we need to go. Back to the shack. Another powerhouse matchup. Oh, yeah. These are not in my favorite Weezer songs. 
No, I would not say they would be. <laughs> I do want uh, to make a shout out to Brandon Rauer, who has wanted to do Back to the Shack at karaoke ever since it came out <laughs> and has been obsessed with it. God, I wonder what the last song they issued a karaoke version for. Uh, I've, I mean, you don't really issue them. You know what I'm saying? They just kind of happen. Well, you license them. Yeah. That's what, part of why the Eagles broke up. <laughs> really? No, yeah. Uh, I forget, but basically one of them was like, hey, our songs are really popular. We can make a lot of money, like a lot, if we license them to these karaoke companies and people do it. And another one of them, I don't know who, uh, he's just like, fuck that. Like, how dare you? Like, you would just carve up our art, you know, all these things. And it's just like... I mean, having watched a lot of karaoke, I can definitely see the argument. Uh, but getting back to your original question. But hold on. But if somebody wanted to take the Weezer bracket and remove our voices and print it out and do their own version at home. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Give us some fucking money. Yeah. Um, back to your original qu- qu- question about what was the last Weezer song that had been probably licensed out for karaoke. I think the last song I've seen going from rooms, uh, Pork and Beans, I've seen. Uh, I have seen that. Song. And I don't can't think of anything later on than Pork and Beans. Yeah, no screw job of La Mancha. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like memories or. No weekend woman. No. If you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to. I could see that. That was their last Hot 100 to hit. I could see it, but I've never seen it on a list. And I've done enough karaoke that I feel like I would have seen it by now. I mean, you turn to that page, yeah. Yeah. So, have you ever seen the music video for Back to the Shack? I'm sure I have. I can't recall it Directed by Warren Fu. Warren Fu. Who's done a lot of, like, Strokes and Julian Casablanca's music videos. He also served maybe an important function in our lives. Oh, he was a uh, he. He was a conceptual artist for Star Wars Episode One. That means he could have designed all sorts of things that we love. Watto. I hope. I mean, Sabalba. Could have been Sabalba. Yeah. Could have been any number of things from that great film. Anyhow, the music video for Back to the Shack. I can't believe they got away with it because they shot it on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> not only did they shoot on the moon they didn't even have space suits they're just like i will say rivers has a jumpsuit yeah like an all-white jumpsuit that i believe i having seen him perform everything will be all right in the end tour he used as his official costume for every night on that tour i'm glad that rivers is number one a moon truther uh that he he's giving us a truth that you don't need a spacesuit to breathe on the moon. The moon is fine. Uh he's showing us that the elites are keeping the moon for themselves. Funny story. Warren Fu used the same techniques that Stanley Kubrick used to pull off the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, off the rails already. Um So here's the one thing about uh back to the shack. I think the one well the whole song is personal and a recounting of the history of Weezer and like basically saying they need to get their shit back together and try and kind of like aim for some of that 90s nostalgia I believe yeah but he does make references to his dad and the fact that he has made amends with his father yeah and I I I would say like it's really interesting to go back throughout the the entire history of Weezer and see like 
what his relationship with his father was at that moment. And it's actually kind of interesting because he makes references to his father in Everybody Get Dangerous. But I think the father he references in Everybody Get Dangerous is probably his stepfather. Right. Yeah. Because he would have been his father figure at the moment of him being a teenager. How long did the stepfather stick around? I think he was probably, I think, I think the entire time. Like he's... I think he might still be with his mother. Wow. I know that his his brother still has his stepfather's uh, last name. But, I mean, that's like... Come on, that's dealing with government stuff. That's a lot of hassle and forms to fill out. You would change it, though, I feel like, if you had some bad relationship eventually, you know, but, over 40 years. But, like, that's one of those things that's very hard to do. Like, any time that I see a performer has changed their name, like Frank Ocean did yeah. legally, like, it's a lot of hassle to go through. Like, Nardwar the Human Serviette changed his name to it. But that was probably Canadian. I'm sure Canadian government's a lot easier. Dude, no, you got to follow the rules. They like rules there, man. <laughs> no, like, like, when I was coming back from Toronto once, they're like, you don't have enough time to get through everything yeah. by one minute. And they wouldn't let me through. Oh, man. Uh, they they had made me uh, pay flight changes and all this. I was pissed the fuck off. And then I went through customs like a breeze, and I could have made my original flight. I went through customs with Metallica, by the way, because um, it was when that doc was playing. And, yeah, I was very pissed off, and so... I got my revenge by drinking at the airport bar and listening to Graduation front to back. Okay. Showed them. All right, then. But I was just curious about, like, what do you think? Because he makes a big deal about, like, his relationship with his father on this album. On everything, everything will, will be, be all right. right. Yeah. He even has, like, Foolish Father, which I feel like is him writing to his children. Yeah. But also kind of, like, through the idea of him having forgiven his father. I mean, we all know his biggest father's song, I'm Your Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I do like about Back to the Shack is that he says, I've made up with my dad, everything's okay. Yeah. Because I think too often we put upon art and artists this whole concept of that you need to suffer for your art. Pain and like anguish. Yeah, that you need to channel your pain and turn it into art. Um, which, yes, can be a helpful therapeutic method. But the concept that someone has to be fucking miserable to make good art... It's bullshit. Like, uh, yeah, and it's like, it's it was so offensive to me where people were just like, oh, man, Trump got elected, everything's gonna suck, but art's gonna be good. It's like, no. Because you know what? Back in college, my friend was really into those Rock Against Bush albums, (laughs) and those fucking suck, okay? Those are like, all, like, look, those are bad Mill and Collins songs, all right? Those are MXPX records that didn't make MXPX albums, okay? (laughs) Like, this is not good art. Like, oh, you mean the Photoshop of George Bush next to a bunch of apes? Like, that's some good art good political art here oh you know those tim robbins plays that would always air on ifc bob roberts not bob roberts like he made a play called embedded and it's in a black box theater and ifc like ran this thing as this big defiant fuck you to bush and it's one of the worst fucking things you'll ever see Weezer might be the most apolitical band ever uh nope nope 
But we, we know that they love Trump. <laughs> if you watch the uh, George Lopez appearance where they sing, I uh, sing Can't Stop Partying, uh, they go over to a piano and Rivers high five someone, and on that piano is a big light up Trump. I know that. What do you think that was about? I have no idea. Do you think that was like the the George Lopez like piano or? I think that was. Yeah. And I think basically, like, probably Trump shot off and said something racist against Mexicans, and George Lopez is like, "Oh, we're going to show him. We're going to put Trump on something that he doesn't like," which is seems to be the number one liberal response to anything. I'm going to put your name on something you don't like. I have no clue, but that was the weirdest thing. Just this also that was like what that was like. 2009, 2010, too. Yeah. I mean, look, River's calling his shot. He's like, high five, man. This guy's going to be president someday. <laughs> I mean, he was talking to Lights Camera Jackson about it. Like, <laughs> Anyhow, everybody get dangerous. Everybody gets dangerous. Uh, it's still, you know, it's kind of a little bit like what I was talking about for Hashpipe, where it's like, Rivers, if you're going to do a character, start slow. I don't think he's doing a character. It feels like, but I, I, I know what he's doing, but it feels like in the whole context of the oeuvre of Rivers and Weezer, this feels like him playing a character. This feels like him playing like the teenage rebel that he kind of more wanted to be. Yeah. You don't think when he was younger, he used to go and tip cows for fun? Yeah. Actually, he didn't do that. Because he didn't want the cow to be sad. Number one, cow tipping is a myth. It does. It's not real. It's too hard. It's from experience. You talking or I've never done it? I mean, yeah. like I grew up around a lot of cows and farms and whatnot, but no, no one never did that. Yeah, I, I there was a lot of bovine around. I think. Me. Did we talk about this the last time? That apparently, he was inspired by Eminem when he was writing this song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the funniest way to be inspired by Eminem. <laughs> Imagine like listening to Eminem and this comes out of it. I mean, come on. He's like, man, wow, this song where Eminem rapes and murders his ex wife. All right, I got it. He says, hey, da- hey, Dad, my friend's got some new ninja swords. Is it cool if we slash up this place? He's such a rebel that he asked his father <laughs> if, for permissions to use these. This is, how much of a, this is how much of a rebel he is in this song, inspired by Eminem. Right. Hey, let me ask, what was, the, what was like the stupidest thing you did as a teenager? Um, Any like crazy stunts? Uh, not really. I didn't start acting out until... Later. One time we we uh, went to we went to Walmart and bought a bunch of like pads, you know, like maxi pa- pads. Yeah, yeah, and like, and we went and oh, I did not expect this to be a yeah, maxi yeah, yeah, pads. Yeah, yeah, like they had like strips, you know, that like 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 strips, and we just padded my friend's car. <laughs> but the thing is, like this, like the the um, they it just left marks all over the car. Yeah, I was about it to never say never left. No. He doesn't know we did that. It does now. I don't. I don't. I doubt he's going to be listening to the Weezer basket. Sorry, Tyler. Oh, you should have further incriminated. He's sorry, sorry, Tyler Coker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We did a lot of just like driving on back roads and stupid stuff. Yeah. Like I remember, like my friend getting a shotgun once and like taking it out to a cow field and him shooting at them at night. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? I mean, if you're going to get brought up on a guns charge, at least fucking make it worth it, you know? Yeah. 
like, oh, you shot, you shot, you took your shotgun and you went out and shot in a field. Number one, there are places you can pay to do that, and I know plenty. And it's like, come on. A bunch of kids got suspended in my school for like, they had like air rifles and you know like just the pellet guns that were kind of popular. At yeah, NBA, and they would bring them out and they had they would shoot each other at, in like the parking lot and like obviously you bring any sort of weapon like that to a, yeah. A post Columbine things really changed. Yeah. Everybody get dangerous. Is another one of those songs that Rivers writes, where I am just always trying to place what it sounds like, and I can't quite. It kind of maybe sounds like a Motley Crue record it a little bit. Sound like Eminem, that's for sure. It definitely does not. By the way, let's just give him credit. He didn't try to rap on this. No. Um, uh, I mean, no. There is a little like sing speakish sort of thing with yeah, everybody yeah, get yeah, dangerous. Yeah, but but not rap. It's not like he wasn't trying to flow. That's for sure. No. Is it's weird these two are together because like everybody get dangerous. He's trying to act like real unapologetic about everything. Yeah. And then back to the shack is just a pure apology. Yeah. It basically comes down to like whether you think an apology makes something better. Or just like you do it and you did it, you know? Yeah. My issue remains with Back to the Check is he's apologizing for stuff that he should not be apologizing for. Like he's saying, hey, I tried some other stuff and you didn't like it. Well, that's his right. So I'm going to vote for Back to the Shack. I'm voting for everybody to get dangerous. Oh. Well, it's time for us to get dangerous by seeing who is around on July 3rd. <laughs> Who's going to take an unsolicited phone call? It is only 6.30 at night. Hey, this is early for us. Yeah, usually we call them at like 11.30. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see who's, uh, who, who's going to do it. So uh, we're going to try and call my friend Evan Dixon, who is a screenwriter. I mean, he's my friend too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Evan! What's up? You are uh, you're on the podcast. Hey! Oh my God, how's it going? It's good, good. We're trying to. We're uh, doing good. We just have one little problem. What's up? We cannot tell which song is worse. <laughs> Everybody get dangerous, or back to the shack. Oh man, um, I would have to say they're both bad. Yes. Um, I think that everybody get dangerous is, you know, the sound of a kid on too much sugar and back to the shack is the sound of a kid getting smacked for being on too much sugar. That's a really good, <laughs> wow. that's a really good way of putting that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe we keep finding new depths to these songs. <laughs> well, back to yeah. the shack is like a song he's basically writing for having written the song. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Everybody get dangerous. <laughs> He's basically apologizing <laughs> for it. Which, which, to Nick Rob's point, because I listened to the podcast. Oh, thank you. I think I think that uh, Back to the Shack is the worst because uh, out of those two, because it's an apology and uh, it's not even a good it, apology. Yeah, even if uh, everything will be all right in the end, is definitely a better record than uh, Red Album. I, I think that uh, Back to the Shack is is a worse song. Well, it's, well hands on the worst song on that album. Back yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's be fair. Uh, Red album is not a better than Red album is not a tough bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> not a tough bar. Um, 
Although, you know, you guys were a little hard on Pork and Beans. I think Pork and Beans has merit, uh, merit. some, you know, blockbuster pop craft merit to it. We were just talking about, we think that's the last song that you will probably ever find on, like, karaoke lists of, of Weezer songs is Pork and Beans. You can find, like, Pork and Beans for karaoke purposes. Well, what they should really have is that Pig B-side on the karaoke. Pig, have you guys I, heard that I, one? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Pig. Pig. Pig is good. Yeah. It's good. It's real sad. I remember when uh, Pig Pig first leaked before any of the Red uh, stuff came out, and I was a big fan of that song and the direction I thought he was going with it. Well, yeah. <clears throat> there was that acoustic demo of it, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I also, I'm a fan of Miss Sweeney. Have you ever heard Miss Sweeney? Miss Sweeney, no. That is another red side, B- red uh, album B side that I really like. Oh. Is that a uh, gender swap of Sweeney Todd? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, but it's good. Anyhow, cool. uh, yeah, I guess uh, back to the shack. Back to the, the shack, shack is goes moving on. on. I just want to say I've been waiting for this call for a while, and I picked up a lot of unknown numbers. And <laughs> I was like, of course, it's just going to be from one of you two. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have to talk to all the. Uh, car dealerships in long beach uh, well but, uh, oh, maybe we should start uh, uh like calling from burner phones <laughs> we might get a better response rate yeah all right you right, got guys. anything to plug man this uh, is, this no, is your time to shine uh, baby nothing, nothing i can legally announce i'm just uh, oh oh you got some uh court cases coming up got yeah. it <laughs> thank you Evan. Yeah. thank all you right, so much see you guys all right good one. Bye. bye thanks Wow. Quick and to the point. Um, back to the shack, yeah. Back to the shack is moving I'm, on. I'm glad, I'm glad somebody agrees with me. I know. I, I, I... <laughs> All right. By the way, you, you said uh, that Pork and Beans is the last Weezer song. I just realized there's another song that has been on karaoke. What is it? Uh, Africa. Oh, <laughs> and Rosanna, and Rosanna. So, I mean, they probably won't put them in the Weezer sections, but you can go and sing the Toto versions. But you can really be singing the Weezer versions because they're identical. I do think there are there's going to be younger people who may not know those are covers who are going to think of them as Weezer songs. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you have them performing it on like on like Jimmy Kimmel and stuff like that. Popular with the kids, Jimmy yeah. Kimmel. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, or as my mom calls him, Jimmy Kimball. I've well, been watching the show for years. It's still Kimball to her. What about the dog version, Jimmy Kipple? Back to the shack. Uh, <laughs> advances to the third round. Wow, we've got third rounders now. Damn. All right. Of course, we're not going to talk to him for a number of weeks. I don't know. Yeah, this, one, this, yeah. one, this one goes much quicker. Yeah, really well, to, yeah. They all have to fucking go quicker than the first yeah. round. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thank you, Evan, so much. Um, we hope uh, that your court cases go well. Um, we'll but, uh, you know, if not, we'll come and uh, we'll put them on the glass for you. All right. Another blockbuster round of the Weezer Bracket. The second round is in full effect. Andrew, how good does it feel to be on the second round? It feels so much better. Yeah. First round, a little rough few good songs in First there. First round just felt like we were just finding our way, and it just seemed like it was never going to end. God, it is like, how many fucking songs are there on this thing? This one's going to fly by. Yeah, we're down to 32 we're all, songs. I mean, we're already down through a fourth of them. Wow. 
This feels so good. This feels like the project we thought we were getting into. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Evan Dixon, our friend, both of our friend. He's a little shy about this. He's a screenwriter. You can check his movie Totem out uh, wherever you watch movies. He has a horror short that uh, came out on Collider a little bit ago. Go watch that. So your winners this week. Beverly Hills. Classic. In the Mall. Another classic. Hashpipe. One by default, just because of, of our intolerance. By December. See you never. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm deleting this December out of my library, so I never have to hear it. I'll anymore. probably hear it again if I just put uh, Maladroid on the entire way through. Fair enough. And then the final winner, Back to the Shack. Back to the Shack has lasted longer than I thought it would, actually. Yes and no. I mean, Back to the Shack is one of the reasons we started this whole thing. That's true. You got a good point. All right. Andrew, what do we got next week? Okay. Next week on the Weezer bracket, we have Tripping Down the Freeway (sighs) versus Smart Girls. Smart Girls is one of those that, after I edited the the episode, just fucking stuck in my head. I know, and you were pissed at me because that's why that was my defense of it. (laughs) And then we have Happy Hour versus Love Is the Answer. Oh man, maybe we uh, hey maybe we can uh, get a connection to uh, Mark McGrath himself for this or Mark Maron. (laughs) No, for no reason at all. (laughs) We have a podcast, and let's get Maron involved. Yeah, really. We have Cold Dark World versus I'm Your Daddy. Oh, man. And our last matchup is My Best Friend versus Where's My Sex. Where's My Sex with My Best Friend? (laughs) My Best Friend Socks. (laughs) The sequel to My Best Friend's Wedding. (laughs) (laughs) So update your brackets at home. Uh, I know I've been real shit about updating the brackets on the website. Um, I will do that soon. But yeah, more Weezer Bracket content coming your way. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. Yeah, let us know how you feel about that. We can't end this episode um, without saying one thing. Matt Sharp. All right. <laughs> happy, uh, happy Tuesday, Matt Sharp. Happy Tuesday, Matt Sharp. We somehow didn't mention you this episode, uh, so we just had to. We're still thinking about you, buddy. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. All the Weezer songs we are claiming fair use uh, for purposes of discussion, and you should look back because there's a lot of discussion about these. So there you go. But the intro music is by... Alvoro Kid, and we downloaded it from hooksounds.com, Creative Commons with Attribution. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and see you next week. Oh, I would also like to give a shout out to Spence Nicholson for helping us with the art. Yeah. Oh, he's real happy about that. And giving and letting us record in your house. Thank you, Spence. Thanks, Spence. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Love you. <laughs>